Zeke this morning. I think it's Ruth and Maya. Let's give them a hand. Zeke, sit up here. <laughs>
Amen. How many appreciated that? Get your Bibles, Matthew 27, Matthew 27. Today is Memorial Day uh, weekend, amen. We appreciate all of our service, men and women. God bless you, amen. I want to read you uh, something George, President George Bush said as he's standing at the Arlington National Cemetery. He said these words, Although the burden and grief cannot not be easily done away with, and the sadness over the unfinished life, easily laid aside. It must be understood that completeness of life is not measured in length only. It is measured in the deeds and commitments that gives it life or gives life its purpose. And the commitment of these lives was clear to all. They defended our nation. They liberated our the oppressed. They served the cause of peace. All Americans who have known the loss and sadness of war whether recently or long ago, can know this. The person they love and miss is honored and remembered by the United States of America. Amen. How true that is. Matthew 27 this morning. Uh, amen. I want to minister on the price of this morning. Matthew 27. Let me get there very quickly. I may appreciate that music this morning. It says, Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into Praetorium and gathered the whole garrison around him. And they stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him. When they had twisted a crown of thorns, they put it on his head and a reed in his right hand. And they bowed their knee before him and mocked him, saying, Hell, king of the Jews, and they sped on him. They took the reed and struck him on the head. Then they had, and, and when they had mocked him, they took the robe off him and put his clothes on him and led him away to be crucified. Let's pray. Father, I'm asking you today, God, your hand be up on this service. God, minister to every heart. God, we thank you for the sacrifice that's been made for this great nation. We pray God, for all of our servicemen and women, even today, God, I pray for their protection. God, your hand upon them. We thank you, God, for you paying the ultimate price. Uh, God, that freed us from sin. God, brought us in relationship with God. Uh, we worship and we glorify your name. God's people say, amen. The day of remembrance. The day of remembrance. Look at the price first. The, you know, the Thursday before Memorial Day, 1,200 soldiers from the 3rd uh, U.S. Infantry place small American flags on each of the more than 260,000 gravestones at Arlington National Cemetery. This is a massive undertaking. Imagine 1,200 soldiers, 260,000 graves. But it doesn't end there. Then they start a 24-hour patrol, and they, they patrol this graveyard. So... Uh, that each flag remains in place and nobody comes in and vandalizes. But these flags mean something. They stand for the honor, bravery, loyalty, and sacrifice that these soldiers demonstrated in wartime. Our text, Jesus knows something about the price being paid for freedom as well. So they stripped him, they placed 
uh, twisted crown of thorns on his head. They sped on him. They took a reed and struck him on the head. Uh, they mocked him and led him away to be crucified. You know, in every church service, every prayer meeting, every outreach, every time we love on a new convert or help a struggling brother or sister, every time we give our tithes and offerings, when we say no to temptation, uh, amen, we are honoring, we are a flag that's honoring Jesus. Every time we do that, it's like a flag, spiritual flag, uh, saying, Lord Jesus, I honor your sacrifice. Uh, I honor what you did on the cross. So we're not just coming to church and doing deeds, but uh, we're honoring what Jesus did on that cross. We're like a flag in the house of God that waves, uh, uh, amen, saying, thank you for your salvation. Thank you for the life that you've given us. You know, freedom has never come without a price. You know, the Revolutionary War, 6,800 Americans were killed in battle. Another 6,100 wounded, 20,000 taken as POWs. Eight to 12,000 of those POWs died as they were in POW camps. Later, 17,000 died from disease. Uh, in the Civil War, where we lost the most ever, 620,000 soldiers were killed in a period of four years, between 1861 and 1865. America has been involved in 105 wars, not counting the ones right now. We have lost over a million, 1.5 million soldiers. And the question is, was it worth it? Was all this bloodshed worth it? Uh, and we would say yes. Amen. Because we are a free nation. We can worship freely. We can work, buy property, be married, raise a family. And listen, that's worth protecting. And all the men and women that put on uniforms went to war uh, they understand that. Listen, we are protecting liberties and freedoms that, that other nations don't have. And yes, a great price has been paid, uh, but yes, it's worth it. You know, the Roman soldiers cruelly, cruelly killed Jesus, whipping and tearing, uh, whipping and torturing him, ripping and tearing his flesh, putting a crown of thorns on his head, spitting on him, nailing him to a cross, and crucifying him. And if that wasn't enough, running a spear through him but was it worth it i believe jesus would say yes it was because he's looking way down the road that bloodshed the sacrifice uh, that he made on calvary's cross uh, how many thousands and tens of thousands hundreds of thousands uh, today are saved uh, have a relationship with god been redeemed uh, and brought to god through that so jesus would say yes you know colossians 2 said the powers of sin disease hatred uh, bitterness and all wickedness that held us in darkness uh, was defeated upon the cross when Jesus uh, shed his blood that was defeated verse 15 Colossians 2 said having disarmed principalities and powers he made a public spectacle of them triumphing over them in it uh, if we can look into the spiritual window when Jesus died upon the cross uh, when his blood was shed every demonic power every demon spirit uh, Every uh, sickness, disease was defeated. Uh, and the Bible said he triumphed over them. Uh, he had dominion over them. Uh, so Jesus would say, yes, it was worth it. Amen. As the hell is defeated, as people are free uh, because the sacrifice of his life, bloodshed, he would say, yes, it's worth it. Because the price paid, amen, his life laid down. 
Listen, we are saved and brought into relationship with God. Uh, we have a destiny in the kingdom of God in eternity uh, with the Father in heaven. Yes, it was worth it. You know, one of the truths that we see over and over in Scripture is that there's a price paid for victory. You know, in marriage, uh, Ephesians 5, Husbands, love your wife as Christ loved his church, gave himself for her, and wives respect your husband. Listen, when a husband humble, humbly loves, honors, and lives a sacrificial life for his wife, and when, she, and when the wife has a deep admiration shown in her words and actions towards her husband, how do you know the marriage is blessed? Because there's sacrifice made. Uh, amen. Again, victory comes through sacrifice. It comes through um, uh, many sacrifices. As a husband and the wife uh, will sacrifice their own feelings and how, what they want many times for the, the betterment of their spouse. Listen, it's a blessed marriage. But without that there, amen, it's a dysfunctional marriage. And we see that many times today because we have husbands that don't want to die themselves, don't want to, uh, you know, lose any ground. Wives that disrespect uh, and a marriage is dysfunctional. We see this truth in ministry. Second Corinthians 11, uh, the Apostle Paul talking about the price he paid for his own ministry in verse 23 says, in stripes above measure, in prison more frequently, in death often. From the Jews, five times I received 40 stripes minus one. Uh, three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day in the deep. Uh, in journeys often, in perils of water, perils of robbers, perils of my own countrymen, Gentiles. Uh, amen. It goes on and on. Among false brothers, in weariness and in toil, in sleepness often, in hunger and in thirst, and fastings often, and cold and nakedness, besides all these things which come up on me daily, my deep concern for all churches. But he says, who is weak, for I am not weak? Who is made to stumble, for I do not burn with indignation? Paul pays a great price for his ministry. Uh, we can't imagine as preachers today, we can't imagine back then. We, I can freely preach the gospel anywhere in the States, in most places, around the world, but back then, Paul's paying this price, uh, but there's no complaints, but through the price, amen, his ministry's opened up, uh, and he affects people from around the world, as Paul went on three missionary journeys, as he pioneered many churches, but the price paid uh, brought victory in many cities to many people, because of Paul's willingness to sacrifice, he had a ministry that still encourages and strengthens uh, you and I today. You know, John 12, we see this truth in discipleship. Discipleship is everything about the kingdom of God and little, very little about you and I. It says this in John 12, 24, Jesus said, Unless a grain of wheat fall to the ground and die, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much fruit. He who loves his life will lose it. He who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal Life, Amen. There's a price to pay for victory. And again, we see this uh, America's history. I mean, we've probably been at war more than any nation. We hate war. We don't like it. Uh, but many times it's the only way to have victory. Look secondly at the reason here. You know, the reason we have a Memorial Day is that we don't forget. And I think Memorial Day is probably one of the most important days of the year because we can never forget the price that's been paid. We don't forget all those who have bled and died for our freedom. Uh, 
For if we forget, we will lose our freedom. When we begin to forget, uh, and there's movements today, you know, against the military, against this and that. Uh, but listen, once we forget, won't be soon after that we lose our freedom. I'll read you a couple articles. History Magazine of University of North Carolina Professor Bruce Van Sightridge found that 88% of elementary teachers, school teachers, consider teaching history low priority. Joe Linnell, uh, he used to have a show called Jay Walking. He goes up to people on the street and asks them some easy historical questions. Questions like, what country did we fight in the Revolutionary War? Name the current vice president. How many stars are on the American flag? Uh, he says many adults flunked the test. Many adults had no idea. They forgot. They forgot the sacrifice. They forgot the blood. Uh, they forgot all that's been paid. 88% of the teachers uh, uh, forget. We don't, we don't want to teach that history stuff anymore. We don't, want to, we don't want to teach that. We just want to go on and teach what we want. Listen, if we forget, we lose our freedom. American students are less proficient uh, in their nation's history than any other subject. Only 22% of students were found to be proficient in civics uh, or the study of right and duty of, of, of civilianship. It is, the national, it is a national concern, said Peggy Carr, commissioner of the National Center of Education Statistics. She said, too many of our students are struggling to understand and explain the importance of civic participation, how American government works, and the historical significance of events. As I'm reading this, uh, she's blown away at just the lack of interest, the lack of knowledge that our young people have on these different uh, monumental events in time, America's history. You know, we've witnessed in the last year, our government made, or many in our government have made efforts uh, to erase the history of our, of our nation. 73 uh, Confederate monuments have been removed or renamed in 2021. I ain't saying everything they did right, but it's our history. We can learn from it. Six army bases have been renamed. Uh, if you read between the lines, they're saying, listen, uh, let's get rid of the history we don't like. Let's get rid of the history that we don't want anybody to know about. Uh, but listen, in this history, there was bloodshed. Uh, and maybe it wasn't right uh, on all the things that happened in our past. But maybe at the time, it was the writer of the worst. Amen. You know, America was founded on Christianity, one nation under God. In our Declaration of Independence, uh, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men were created equal, uh, they, are in, uh, they are endowed by their creator to have certain inalienable rights. Uh, you know, as children in school, we recited the Pledge of Allegiance. How many members them days? I remember through elementary school, we would always go to a certain place, stand at the flag, uh, and recite uh, the Pledge of Allegiance, and we would uh, do other things, and we made, in God we trust our official model, our country official model. But since the 1960s, there's been an active anti-Christian voice uh, in our court and our government, uh, doing their best to remove anything godly out of our schools, courts, and society. In 1963, our Supreme Court banned uh, prayer, Bible reading, and the reciting of the Lord's Prayer in public school. 
1980, the Supreme Court ruled that the Ten Commandments on, on public uh, walls violated the First Amendment. Uh, so we're seeing over and over attempts uh, uh, by those who hate God or don't want God involved in our country. Uh, let's remove him. Let's get him out of the picture. Let's get him out of society, uh, not realizing they do that. When people begin to forget God, guess what else happens? When they forget God, uh, amen, sin begins to run rampant. When we forget God, uh, bad things begin to take over. Uh, and we have many today saying, hey, let's erase God from our country. You know, Colossians 3.12 says, live with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. But today that has been re replaced with violence. School shooting, character assassination, uh, cyberbullying, uh, 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 you know, routine pro uh, profanity, cheating, sideline rage, or any other manifestation of uh, godlessness uh, uh, that, that are now common in our Amer American society. I mean, uh, you know, back in, you know, the day, back in my parents' day, my grandparents' day, uh, I mean, they believed in the Bible. They may not have followed it the way they should have, but they, they, every house had a Bible, it seemed like. Uh, and people knew some scripture. They knew that God was right. Uh, it's right to be kind, and it's right to show compassion and, and go the extra mile. Uh, today, uh, people don't hold Bibles today. Uh, you walk in the houses today, uh, the Bible is not seen. And they may have one, but they have to go dig it out, uh, or many don't have one at all. You know, as Christians, we must diligently preserve our spiritual heritage. And it all starts in a home. Uh, Deuteronomy 6, verse 1, Moses said this to Israel. So these are the commands, degrees, the laws of the Lord your God, directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess, so that you, your children, and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long uh, as you uh, as, as you live by keeping all these degrees and commandments that I give you, and so that you may enjoy long life. Uh, Moses is looking way down the road and said, listen, God has given us a spiritual heritage here as we preserve it, as we get it in us, uh, as we teach it to our children. This is going to bless them many generations down the road. Let's keep reading verse 3. Hear, O Israel, be careful to obey so that you may do well, it may be well with you that you may increase greatly in the land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, uh, the God of our ancestors, promised you. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be uh, uh, on your heart. Impress them on your children. Talk about them uh, when you sit at home and when you Walk along the road when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on, your fore on their forehead. Write them on their door frames uh, uh, or on the door frames of your house and on your gates. I can remember when, my, when I was younger, uh, even in my teenage years, when I went to see my grandma. And she would take your hand by both of her hands uh, and she would look at you. And I mean, just begin to pray for you or say some words. Uh, uh, you know, God loves you. God's going to use you. God's going to help. I mean, it should be. I tell you, man, they would hit your soul. They would pierce you. I mean, just she took this. Listen, uh, 
We need to preserve our heritage ourselves, but we need to get this in our kids, our grandkids. And, and I remember my mom from time to time growing up, uh, I mean, she would begin to uh, put this in us. And listen, today, parents, let me ask you, mom, dad, are you living it yourself? Is the word of God richly in you? Uh, and are you richly giving it to your children? Are you investing in them? Listen, this is what God says. Uh, this is why we do what we do. Uh, listen, we're, we're supposed to hand that down. Because listen, if we forget this, we lose our freedoms. When you begin to forget God, uh, we lose our freedoms. Joshua 4, Israel's crossing the Jordan River to possess the new land that God had spoke to them uh, about earlier. Verse 4, Joshua 4 says this. So Joshua called together the 12 men he had appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe, and said to them, Go over before the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan. Each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of Israel, to serve as a sign among you. Listen to this. Uh, in the future, when your children ask you, what did these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord when you crossed the Jordan. The waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. You know what this is saying? We have to have some things set in place in our home. We have to have decisions made uh, in our home that says we serve the Lord. We have to have landmarks in our home, uh, things set in place as these rocks are on the shoulders of these uh, men uh, as they place them where all the children would look later. But listen, in our own homes, we need to have things in place. You know, your children are going to ask you one day, why do we go to church all the time? Why do we give in every service? Why do we pray? Why do we not watch certain TV programs? Why do we read our Bible every day? They're going to ask these questions, and we should have answers. As a parent, as a grandparent, uh, we're to have answers. He said, listen, as your children see these stones, uh, they're going to ask questions. What do them represent? What are these stones here for? Uh, and you're to say, listen, uh, this is a miracle of God. Amen. As we stepped in, the waters. Uh, 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 you know, stood still, stood up, uh, and we crossed the Jordan River. And I mean, imagine telling your children that, man. But it's the same today. We tell them testimony. This is what God did. This is why we do this. This is why we don't go out uh, like uh, others, uh, amen, go out clubbing, go out drinking. We don't do that. This is why we read our Bible. And you begin to tell them things. You preserve that spiritual heritage by getting it in them, uh, uh, amen. Then as they get older, they get it in their children. Listen, if we forget God, His Word, and not making monuments and landmarks uh, in our lives and our home, uh, listen, we become part of the problem. 2 Corinthians 6. When we are a Christian, your life speaks Christianity. How many believes that? When you're a Christian, your life should have some attributes. And people should say, you know, be able to see some Christianity on you, not just say, hey, I'm a Christian, right? Verse 14 of 2 Corinthians 6 says, Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Or in other words, don't run with all the unsaved folks. For what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness? What fellowship has light with darkness? 
What accord does Christ with Belial or the devil or his friends? Or what portion does a believer share with the unbelievers? What agreement has the temple of God with idols? For if we are the temple of the living God, as God has said, I will make my dwelling among them and walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Therefore, come out of the midst of them, separate yourself from them, says the Lord, and touch not the unclean, then I will welcome you, and I will be a father to you, and you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. In other words, as we walk in Rome in our generation and society, amen, we're to be separate. We're not to, you know, uh, I'm not a Christian that visits the bars, okay? I'm not a preacher that's going to go, hey, yeah, let me have a drink with you and tell you about Jesus. No, hey, yeah, let's smoke some dope together. Uh, I'm going to tell you about my Christian experience. No. There has to be a separation. I remember when I got saved, I partied all the time with these guys on my job. Uh, I worked 130 guys. You get that many guys together, man, uh, I'm telling you, we can do some trouble. And, but I remember I left Friday just like them partying with them. Uh, but Monday I came back completely different. They say, hey, what's wrong with Larry, man? He's different. There's something about him. Uh, I'm not cussing with him anymore. I'm not talking about the party over the weekend. Uh, but I begin to tell them, listen, I went to church Sunday. I gave my life to Jesus. God changed my life. Uh, I didn't know then everything I know now. But I begin to tell them what I knew that God made himself real. God changed my life. Uh, and, man, there's a difference. And the whole eight years I worked there, uh, they began to watch my life and watch others that had gotten saved. Uh, at one time, we had eight men in that place saved, Holy Ghost filled, preaching the gospel, praying for people in that place. But we were different. Listen, as a Christian, we're called to be different. We're called to be the real thing. I mean, do you, have, do you have a Christian monument in your heart? Do you have landmarks in your life? Amen. Do you have them in your home that says, I'm a Christian? It's never too late for a new start. How many believes that? You say, man, I don't have all that today. 2 Corinthians 7, 14 says, My people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin and heal their land. You know, there might be people here today, the problem is not that you're not called by God. God's called us. The problem is many times pride and sin. Uh, but the Bible says, if you repent, humble yourself, amen, uh, and repent. Listen, God said, I'll come in, I'll heal, uh, I'll restore. And listen, your new start can be today. Listen, I'm going to begin to preserve uh, the heritage in my own life, my children, my household today. Starts a new day. Look lastly, the hope here. John 19, Jesus is hanging on the cross, humiliated, bloodied, tortured, and rejected. In verse 30, he said, it is finished. Satan and hell is now defeated. And the verse that we all know very well, John 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but ever have everlasting life is now a rea- reality. Jesus on the cross paid the price. Uh, and when it, right before it, it is finished. Uh, the demonic is beat down, beat back. Salvation is offered uh, uh, to humanity. And the scripture we all know again, uh, for God so loved the world that 
We can believe and have eternal life. Now that's available. That's available to all. That's our hope. It doesn't matter where you have lived, uh, the lifestyle you've lived, what you've given yourself to. Listen, Jesus can do a miracle. Again, our hope, it doesn't, it doesn't matter what sin has touched your life, what you've been involved in. Uh, but what does matter this morning is that you recognize, uh, listen, I'm a sinner. I need to get it right. Cry out to God uh, and let that blood, that sacrifice that he made on Calvary's cross forgive you today. Through Jesus, we can be saved, Romans 10, 9 and 10. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. With the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. How do you know that you're saved? Well, one, you've confessed it. Uh, God, I'm a sinner. I'm, un- I'm unrighteous. Come into my heart, and I believe uh, Jesus, you died, you rose again, that you're Lord, you're God. Them two together. Amen. If you've done that, listen, you're saved, you, you can live for God. You know, Jesus' death on the cross changed religion forever. We talked about that this morning. It's no longer a set of rules that cover our sin, but now through faith we can be forgiven. We can have a changed life. We can be restored, healed up. Uh, then deep wounds can be I mean, uh, all healed, uh, I'm telling you, a brand new life in Jesus. I'm not talking about adding Jesus to your religion. I'm talking about a brand new life. You know, as believers, we must stand up. Let our voices be heard, make decisions uh, to be real Christians. Listen, we can change our nation uh, and the nations of the world if we do that. We just stand up. Uh, I'm a Christian. I'm living for God. We don't have to be belligerent. We don't have to be uh, any of that, but we can just make a stand. God's done a miracle in me. Uh, and on your job, your house, uh, wherever you find yourself, just be a Christian, and you'll be amazed how you can impact the world. See, Jesus, the true Jesus on the cross wasn't thinking about himself. He was thinking about us. When our eyes are off ourselves and on others, listen, we can do a lot for God. Matthew 28, 19, Jesus said, Therefore, go into all the, or yeah, go therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them. Then the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. You know, that command wouldn't have been there if it wasn't possible. Listen, if every Christian in America, in this, in this church, just start here, if every Christian here would just be a Christian 100%. Everywhere you go, the places you go, and just uh, speak about him and live it. I'm telling you, we would impact our city so fast. I believe that. You know, I thank God always for America. We live in the greatest nation ever. And I'm thankful for all of our military service members. uh, And we need to always pray for their safety as well. You know, my grandfather, my uncle, my brother, all served. My father-in-law flew many missions in and out of Vietnam. He tells me stories sometimes how, I mean, it was so dangerous. And, you know, we just hear the stories about Vietnam. And he tells me personal stories sometimes where, uh, but, I mean, it was so dangerous, so real. But at, at the same time, you see, our freedom's worth it. What we did, the, the risks we took, the, the people we lost, he lost friends. And, but he said, listen, it was all worth it for what we have today. Pray for the service people today. 
you know, the truth. As thankful as I am to all of our service, men and women, my, the greatest sacrifice I ever made was Jesus on the cross. Because he didn't just free us physically uh, and give us physical freedom, but Jesus freed us uh, from the powers of sin and the demonic, uh, brought us into relationship, gave us a home uh, in heaven through the bloodshed. Uh, and I thank God every day for that. I'm always thankful. God, thank you for the blood, the shed blood on Calvary's cross. Uh, all that you did because I could not be saved without it. Last scripture, Colossians 1, 13 says, He has delivered us from the powers of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of his love or kingdom of his son of his love in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin. Listen, because of Jesus, we can be saved, redeemed, brought in relationship with God and the powers of darkness cannot uh, hold us away. Aren't you thankful for that? Let's give God praise. Amen. Father, we thank you, God. We praise you this morning. God, for the blood that you have shed on Calvary's cross. Amen. If I can ask you to bow your heads this morning, every head bowed, every eye closed. Again, I talked about the price. We can never forget those that have laid down their lives for our freedom.